Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today, and we're um, excited to dive into another topic with you today, but we want to say thank you for listening, and if this is helpful, we hope that you'll share it with a friend or a family member, because we would love to um, reach more people through this podcast. Absolutely, and I'm kind of excited because this is a deep dive. So it's kind of be putting on the spiritual scuba gear, um, <laughs> to put it lightly. Uh, but I think this topic of brokenness, because we're in week two of re-engage, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes um, people come to that second week of re-engage and like, whoa, what have I got myself into? <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of sticker shock There's week a two. little bit of sticker shock. <laughs> I didn't realize what we were buying. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize I'd be talking about my sin so often. <laughs> yeah. And so I think there's a little bit of apprehensiveness and maybe a little bit uh, of uh, people being reluctant to kind of dive in mm-hmm. with a subject that can be so hard to talk about, mm-hmm. but yet one that is so important, I think, in the Christian life to understand. Yeah. Yep. It's a really... Um, I love this about reengage. I just love this actually about being in a small group with um, fellow believers is, you know, we often talk about things on such a surface level mm-hmm. in our day-to-day life and with other people and this curriculum um, and just the discipline of being together every week kind of forces us to go below the surface yes. and talk about things on a more of a heart level, get yeah. a little bit more real with one another. Which is not always fun, but I do think it's really valuable. Right. And, you know, just as I even reflect on like our own small group on Sunday, we had such a great discussion and it's just really fun um, to know that, you know, we're not getting together just to bear our souls and our sin mm-hmm. <laughs> for the sake of, I don't know what, self-deprecation, I guess. Um, yeah. But there's a real work that God does, I think, when we get um, honest with one another. That's right. So anyway, all that to say, we're excited to jump in um, today and talk about this topic of brokenness. Yeah. And we were kind of brainstorming before we even began. You know, I think sometimes we we forget that we can speak in such a Christianese mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. use these churchy terms um, that maybe we're used to, but we rarely stop and define. And so as we were kind of talking about brokenness, because that was the the topic for our week here in Reengage, we're still kind of under this broad principle, um, which is recognizing our inability to love. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as we talk about brokenness, really, from a spiritual sense, um, brokenness is really coming kind of to the end of ourselves. Right. It's when we really acknowledge and recognize our inability, no matter what the topic. Right. Like right. in just about everything, we don't have what it takes um, because of our humanity. And so um, what's beautiful about spiritual brokenness is that, yes, God wants us to see that. He wants us to to realize that and not so he can just crush us in that reality, but so that we will then turn to him 
independency and, and look to him uh, for sufficiency. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think if uh, dependency is the objective, brokenness becomes an advantage. Yeah. And a uh, tool, right? And a tool that God, that God uses. uses. Yep. A tool that God uses, um, you know, he brings about pain and that brokenness, but it's never meant to pay us back. I think sometimes we get this idea as Christians like, oh, I've messed up and now God's paying me back. No, he's not trying to pay you back. He's trying to bring you back. Mm -hmm. And the tool that oftentimes he uses is brokenness in our life. So we see how really, literally sin has broken us. But in that, we see our need for Jesus, who is all sufficient, Mm -hmm. who is more than enough. Right. Who has all that it takes for us to be able to live the Christian life through him when we recognize our need for him. Yeah. And so as we relate this to the topic of marriage, but even beyond that, just relationships, Mm -hmm. um, kind of broadly, I guess if I could summarize what we talked about this week and and what our homework was this week, um, was just this idea that in relationship, um, we often... When there's a problem, yeah. or we reach a, a place of like disappointment or discouragement, disillusionment. Do you like my alliteration there? I do. Okay. <laughs> I must be married to a pastor. <laughs> when we reach that point, our tendency in our flesh is to immediately look outward. Yeah. And usually at the other person. Yes. And start to blame. Yeah. Or explain like, well, this is happening because clearly you are the problem. Right. We, we revert to Adam in the garden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The woman that you gave me, Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so the point of this lesson was kind of the reality check that um, that is not how God wants us to function in a relationship where we just blame, blame, blame. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wants us to come to a, a place of brokenness and also a place of surrender where we say to him, like, Lord... It's not, I, it may feel like I want the other person to change. It may feel like I want my circumstance to be fixed. Um, you know, we, that might be honest. We might want those things. But in reality, what I, what I realize I need more is for you to change me first. Yes. And to put, to draw, as they say in reengage, draw the circle around me. Right. And start there. That's right. And here's kind of a spiritual gut check. Uh, this quote from Paul David Tripp. I am my biggest marital problem. Yeah. Mic drop. Yeah. Mic drop. And then also, that's the point in the lesson, literally the first line where I thought, well, I don't know if I want to do this one. Yeah. <laughs> I also love the quote right above it that says, one of the best ways to improve your marriage, or I would say any relationship, is to draw a circle around yourself and work on changing everyone inside the circle. Yeah. Yeah. And inviting God to do that, yeah, um, I think is the beginning of, of change mm-hmm. that can happen in our life through the gospel. Yeah, and so that's really what we what we talked about this week as um, couples and in small groups, and kind of flesh that out a little bit. But today, what we want to do on the podcast is look um, just a, a little deeper at kind of what's behind some of that. Yeah, our tendency to look outward versus dealing with, you know, the inward stuff. Um, And so we want to look at a a character in the Bible and a story um, and kind of draw some, yeah, parallels Parallels. there. Because I think, too, as we look at this topic of brokenness, um, there can be indicators, there can be signs that there's something broken deep down inside that needs to be 
dealt with, mm-hmm. right? And so we look at things like negative emotions, mm-hmm. where there's fear, where there's anger, where there's jealousy. Mm-hmm. It's almost like lights on a dashboard of a car. The yellow light comes on, you realize, wait, there's something underneath the hood that needs yeah. to be addressed. Like the worst light ever that causes tons of stress. Right. <laughs> like where it comes on and you instantly think, oh, no, oh. no. what is wrong and how much is it going to cost me? How much me? is it going to cost? <laughs> And, uh, and so I think if you want to look at it from kind of a word picture, mm-hmm. you have smoke, right? Yeah. You got to trace the smoke back down to the fire. Yep. What's actually driving your life, what's actually controlling and reigning in your heart. Mm-hmm. And so as we look at Naaman today, which is a beautiful picture of this, I think, mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, we'll be able to trace the smoke down to the fire. Yeah, because I think if we're honest, um, you know, often let's say there's smoke in our marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Something is off, something has gone wrong. Yeah, our tendency is to like throw water on the smoke, <laughs> just right. deal with it, kind of in the moment. Yeah, make it better, make it easier, push it aside, and and move forward. But that really doesn't solve anything long term. No, we we oftentimes do uh, a band aid yeah. when when deep spiritual surgery is is necessary. Yeah, and nobody likes surgery, so you know we do it out of self preservation, mm-hmm. <laughs> comfort, uh, yeah. convenience sometimes. And you know those things can the band aid will last for a little bit, right? But then eventually, just like every time I put a band aid on one of our kids, I feel like ten minutes later they're back at my side saying, I need another one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. So, um, you know, we just want to really kind of encourage one another and our listeners today to do a little bit more than just the Band-Aid job. Right. Um, but this topic really prompted us to think deeply about, and actually in prepping for the, our lesson, we had some conversation even about kind of what's happening with us personally mm-hmm. and getting kind of to the heart level of that. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of vulnerability, I think when you're honest with a spouse or somebody that you're in close relationship with, even yeah. though they live with you or they see you <laughs> most often, yeah. Yeah. they probably know maybe some of what you're dealing with, yep. but we all play the game of like hiding it yep. and trying to pr- put our best foot forward. Um, when in reality, there's such a beautiful bonding that can happen mm-hmm. when we get honest with one another and right. say, like, listen, this is what I'm struggling with. And you probably have noticed it, but yeah, <laughs> it's fleshing out in this way. But I think the root problem is yes. this. Yeah. The bad fruit, trace it down to the root cause. Yeah. And uh, well, let's look at that from okay. Naaman's story. Um Many of you might be um, acquainted with Naaman the Syrian. His story is found in 2 Kings chapter 5. And um, I think, you know, as it describes kind of Naaman in the the very first couple of sentences, um, it talks about the fact that he's the captain of the army of the king of Syria. He was a great man with his master and highly respected because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. The man also was a valiant warrior, but he was a leper. Mm-hmm. And just for anyone who wanted to know, we're reading in 2 Kings chapter 5. Yes. And so a couple of things to know. Naaman was wealthy. Mm-hmm. He was powerful. Mm-hmm. He had a position. He was kind of a who's who in Syria. Hmm. If he would have been living today, he would have tons of followers on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> Everyone would be wanting and clamoring for his attention. 
Um, he was a man of influence. He was an influencer mm-hmm. uh, in his day and age. <laughs> and he carried a lot of weight hmm. by the fact of not only his wealth, but his position in life mm-hmm. as well. But he was a leper. And that was going to start his quest in life to find a cure for that which at that time there was no cure. Yeah. And so here he gets this information from really an unexpected person, a little servant girl, who most likely was a girl that was taken when Naaman and his army would raid Israel, Mm -hmm. and she was captured. Her parents, uh, at best, are slaves. At worst, they're both dead. Mm. And then this little girl's taken into Naaman's house as a servant. So incredible uh, humility and humbleness. Um, This girl who's lost so much cares enough about Naaman to give him some information that could ultimately save his life. Yeah, that's remarkable. It's remarkable. (laughs) Yeah. And so here he goes, just a kind of long story short. um, He travels to Israel. Of course, here's Naaman. He's this great and mighty man. Where does he go first to look for a cure? He goes to the palace. He goes to the king. And he's got quite the entourage. I mean, he's bringing a lot of money with him, mm-hmm. equivalent today of about half a million dollars. Wow. Thinking, if I need to, I'll pay my way to a cure. Well, the king thinks, okay, <laughs> Syria is using this whole situation to find a quarrel with us so they can start a fight. Hmm. Who am I, the king says, to cure you of leprosy? I mean, the place of God, tears his robes, and then um, Elisha hears about it and says, send him to me. So then the whole entourage of Naaman travels over to where Elisha is. And instead of Elisha coming out to greet him, he sends out another servant. Hmm. And here's where the story gets interesting. What the servant tells Naaman to do is to go to the Jordan River and washing it seven times. And let me just read this portion because this is where it picks up, where um, we talk about the smoke and the fire. But Naaman was furious and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God and wave his hands over this place and cure the leper. Are not the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned away and went away, check out this emotion, in a rage. Hmm. Then his servants came and spoke to him. It's like they talked him down from a ledge. Yeah. And they're like, um, my father, right? Had the prophet told you to do something great, would you not have done it? If he told you, you know, as scale, you know, Mount Everest mm-hmm. and then come down, mm-hmm. would you not have done it knowing if that would have cured you? Mm-hmm. How much more then when he says, just wash and be clean? So he went down, dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Flesh was not just made better. It's like it was brand new. Yeah, totally restored. Like a baby. But here we see this moment in his life where it really was a fork in the road. 
and you see this negative emotion. We talk about negative emotion sometimes being an indicator that something beneath the surface is horribly broken and wrong. Yeah. Rage. Furious. Mm-hmm. But what that was was an indicator. Something beneath the surface in Naaman's life was horribly off. Mm-hmm. You see, the real issue in Naaman's life was not the leprosy. It was the leprosy of his heart. Mm-hmm. It was the pride that was there. And it was the pride that was actually driving him. He was a man who wanted recognition. Mm-hmm. He was a man who was, influ- who was an influencer. He was a man who wanted to be treated as somebody great. And yet servants keep talking to him, and then he's asked to go do this menial task to lower himself into a dirty, stinky river, which I've been to the Jordan River. It is dirty. It's nasty. <laughs> I was there baptizing kids a couple different times, and a swamp rat swam up on us. <laughs> it, it's a nasty river. It's awesome because of who was, you know, the people who've been baptized there, yeah. considering Jesus was. Right. Um, and so here you have this man who's confronted with... Not just the leprosy that's on his skin, but he's confronted with the pride that's in his heart. Mm-hmm. That was what was driving his life, and that's what needed to be dealt with. He had to, in a sense, humble himself, be obedient to the word of God from Elisha mm-hmm. to go into the Jordan River, a place that maybe he didn't want to go to, but that was the designated place for him to find healing. You know, as you're saying this, I'm just thinking of the the contrast of pictures here when you think about Naaman not wanting to get in the river and not wanting to lower himself mm-hmm. and having to be talked into it. Right. Right? And then you think in that very same river, hundreds of years later, mm-hmm. you, we have Jesus yep. who is willing to go to the river. Right. Who is willing to get in the water, who actually has to talk John the Baptist into it, <laughs> because yep. John the Baptist has the reaction of like, who am I to baptize you? And Jesus knows, like, nope, this is what I need to do to fulfill the Father's will. Yeah, It's just such an interesting, you can just see the pride right there. Yes. The humility of Christ set up against the pride of Naaman. Right. And yet the action was the same, Yeah, but they went about it two different ways. Right. And to think... Naaman's pride almost caused him to miss out yeah. on being healed. Yeah. And I think so much about our life, if you want to look at marriage, you want to look at parenting, you want to look at um, relationships we have that are significant, mm-hmm. we can end up missing out on, on what God has in store for us um, and seeing God work and move in mighty ways um, because of issues of the heart that don't get dealt with. Yeah. Like and, our pride. And the faith of a child, too. You know, it was the little servant girl. Yeah. Who told the, or it says her mistress, so like the servant responsible right. for her, said, you know, why doesn't he, I wish he would go see the prophet. Right. You know, she, like you said, she's a, a little girl and she's lived through some, a trauma, multiple traumas, multiple trauma. probably. And yet there's still the faith of a, the, the purity and the innocence of a childlike faith in her yes, that knows that knows healing is is with the prophet somehow the man of god will have the healing that, that he needs and um you know i i just think in marriage sometimes we get so i i say in marriage 
the same is true in parenting, the same is true in relationship. We can get so um, ahead of ourselves mm-hmm. and start to try to want to control yeah. and manipulate circumstances yes. and, like Naaman, bring all of our wealth with us, mm-hmm. bring our prestige first, Yeah. when all along what God is asking for is a childlike faith mm-hmm. and a humility yes. to admit, I, I may have screwed up here, right? and I don't know how to fix this. Right. And I don't even have what it takes to do the right thing. Exactly. And yet I'm trusting you. I'm asking you. I'm desperate for you to do in me what I cannot do for myself. Right. And that's why there's such a contrast, as you were talking about Naaman and Jesus, Mm -hmm. there's such a contrast set up within this passage of scripture of Naaman and the servants. Yeah. Yeah, right. Who are also saying to him, like, what what in the world? He didn't ask you to do a terribly difficult thing. Right. But if you would have, you would have done it because you want to be healed. Yeah. He's just saying, like, get in the river and wash yourself. Why don't you just do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like God uses the lowly of the world. Yeah, the lowly. Yeah. And I think, too, you think about healing was going to be found in a place for Naaman that was completely unexpected. Yeah. In a place he never would have gone to himself. Mm Mm-hmm. And you think about Christianity, where's the place that we go to that's completely unexpected and surprising mm-hmm. is the very place where we find our healing and forgiveness of our sins. Yeah. The cross. The cross, yeah. You're telling me the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, leaves his throne, comes down, is cloaked in flesh and humanity, lives a perfect life, goes to, willingly, yeah. goes to a cross where he's crucified on our behalf and in our place. To literally like be able to forgive us of our sins. You're telling me that's the place I've got to go to find healing and forgiveness. Yes. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it can be our pride that keeps us from humbling ourselves mm-hmm. before the king on a cross mm-hmm. and saying, I need you to forgive me, mm-hmm. the sinner. Yeah, I think, you know, so as we, we, we consider this, story, this picture that we have of Naaman and how he dealt with that. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we did this week in Reengage that was really um, convicting yes. <laughs> <laughs> for us um, is that we read Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Yeah. And I just want to pull that up here because um, I love this sentiment of David This is what he says. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Mm. And so we, um, we did that this week. We did. And we had a list of things. (laughs) Again, super convicting. (laughs) We were supposed to read and reflect on that, those verses, and then think about in the past week, like, how have we been angry, selfish, prideful, lazy, controlling, critical, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. wonderful things, right? Wonderful things. (laughs) And I think um, even as I did that, as I worked through that, you know, of course, I had, unfortunately, examples for all of those things. Um, But there was kind of a unifying thing for me in that I realized some of those were the smoke. Yeah. But almost all of them could be traced back to the root yeah. of pride. Yes. For me personally. Yep. And so um 
you know, I think the thing is, is that we, we get so good at kind of putting our best foot forward and even deceiving our own selves. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not that bad. Mm -hmm. I haven't done like, you know, the really bad stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've just been incredibly, you know, impatient (laughs) and, but that's not that big of a deal. (laughs) But in reality, you know, there's always going to be like these surface reactions and emotions that come out of us, right? Yeah. But if we want to truly change, yes, we want to truly see God work in our life, in our marriage, in our home, in our parenting, we have to be willing to, as that verse said, like say to God, search me. Yes. Like, Invite the introspection of God yes. upon our lives. Lay me bare. Show me. I love... Um, I was reading this to you earlier, but I love the way that the message paraphrases these two verses. This is what it says. Investigate my life, oh God. Find out everything about me. That's scary, Mm, (laughs) right? That's a scary prayer. That's scary. Cross-examine and test me. Get a a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. Yikes. Yeah. Like, I don't say that lightly, but... That is um, that is ultimately what we want, and yet mm-hmm. it's so painful right. <laughs> to admit, like, Lord, root it out. Mm-hmm. Look, show me. But that's where true transformation takes place. That's right. When we get to the root, and yeah. we ask him to show it to us. To show it to us. And I love that verse there in Psalm 139, because David's not asking for God to fix the problems in his life, yeah. the external, like, God, here's this person, here's yep. this situation, here's this circumstance, will you deal with them? Yep. No, he's like, no, deal with me. Yep. Start with me. And uh, I think that is hard. And yet, if we really want to see transformation in life, it's where we got to go. Totally. And so, but I think when we come to a place where we're recognizing our brokenness and our need for Jesus, that can be the very thing that God uses to do a breakthrough mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, where in humbleness and humility, we cry out for God's help. And he's able to move and work in our lives to restore things, to heal places, to reconcile things in our life, to bring us back to where we're connected with the King. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's amazing how other things in our life come together, as we were talking about on our podcast last week. Mm-hmm. And so when we get right with God, we're able to start, you know, start getting right with our spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we have to be willing to go first and be willing to say, God, here I'm, here's me and all that I am and all my warts and wrinkles. You know it and you see it. Deal with me on the heart level. And change me from the inside out. Yeah, Christianity is such an inside-out transformation, not an outward-in transformation. That's right. And I think we can sometimes get that confused. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think just on a maybe a practical level. Yeah. As we kind of examine our own lives, and as we go about, you know, living in twenty twenty one. Um, we do live in such a superficial age, yeah. right? And we see everybody's highlight reel. And um, I think we just have such a tendency to always want God to fix the circumstance 
and always want God to um, change the other person. Right. And we we've just become so blind to our own role mm-hmm. in this whole deal, mm-hmm. right? And so we kind of thought maybe tonight or today, we're recording this at night, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we would maybe kind of end, wrap up here with a challenge for yes. all of us. Yep. Because we don't want to just talk about these things, but we really want to be diligent to apply the word right. to our life, right? right. So, um, you know, even as we talked as a small group, like, it's one thing to know these things. It's a whole nother thing to let the invite the word of God to work itself out in us. Yes. And we want to do that. And so one thing we thought of is maybe a challenge we could kind of issue to you, our listeners, but to ourselves as well, mm-hmm. Travis and I. Um, these verses in Psalm 139, again, it's the last two verses, 23 and 24. What a great, um, what a great scripture to maybe sit down with a journal before the Lord or just with your Bible. Um, but this is a great, these are great verses to pray back to the Lord. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe you're in a really hard circumstance right now with a spouse where, frankly, a change of circumstance would be welcome. Mm. Or maybe you've really been hurt and you don't necessarily even feel like you've played a role in this. Like it feels very one-sided. You've been sinned against. Right. Um, regardless, you know, those, those things are very valid. But I think regardless of what has happened to you or what you would like to see changed, um, when we're willing to say to the Lord, like, I still have a part in this. Yeah. And I want you to work on me. Like he can do such a powerful work in you right. so that even if your circumstance doesn't drastically change, he may just give you a new perspective to see it for what it is yeah. or a, a new, um, you know, wave of endurance to yes. persevere, right. to do the right thing. And so we thought, you know, this, this would be a great invitation to pray these verses back to the Lord and just ask him to start with you. Mm-hmm. Start with me. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I think, uh, again, starting with the vertical yeah. and, and, and yeah. then moving toward the horizontal. I think a, so- a second part of that challenge is being willing to maybe be vulnerable with your spouse yeah. or your child yeah. or family member, whoever you might have some tension and, and, and issues with, um, just to be real. Mm-hmm. It's amazing when we humble ourselves before the Lord that he will lift us up. Mm-hmm. Um that God is opposed to the proud, mm-hmm. but gives grace to the humble. Yeah, and we need God's grace, and and in order to uh, be able to be real with other people mm-hmm. and get beyond the religious facade. Yeah, um, and get beyond the appearances of things to the reality of what's going on underneath the surface, where God wants to deal with us. Yeah, I was even thinking, you know, just if I'm going to be open here or vulnerable, um, in parenting, I think it's so easy sometimes to, as the adult in the room, to criticize maybe our children for what they mm-hmm. are not doing. Yeah. Right. And so we become like this resounding, oh, there you go. You're, you're missing the mark again. You're doing that again. We're still talking about this one thing. We just kind of become this negative drip mm-hmm. in their lives, mm-hmm. often accidentally, 
because in the moment we're worked up and we see the problem when we want to point it out because we want, we want them to change it. Yeah. But unfortunately, what can happen is we just become this constant source of you don't measure up right. in your failing. And, you know, of course, there's a right way to hold kids accountable for what they're doing. But I think it's such a powerful opportunity. And I say this in parenting, it's the same is true in marriage. When, you know, I have been able to go to one of our, our kids and just say, kind of in humility, like, listen, I know I'm really asking a lot of you here and and I've been telling you over and over about how you're not doing this correctly. Yeah. But I want you to know that I struggle with that too. Yeah. And and that's hard for mom yeah. to do it. And I'm asking a lot of you and and I just need you to know that that I need to ask the same thing of me. Yeah. And that I need to be accountable before the Lord for doing the same thing. Yeah. And I think when we do that we invite, um, not only do we kind of get rid of our false pride and we get on the same plane mm-hmm. with our spouse or our child, but we invite the cross to be the thing yeah. that changes both of us, That's right. as opposed to putting all the pressure on our child mm-hmm. to do better. To do better. Or, or even presenting the case that like, as your parent, I do it all perfectly. Right. Why can't you do it like me? Like, that's such a bad that that's not helpful for anybody. Correct. But when we can, um, when we can really point our kids or even just acknowledge before our spouse that we see it in ourselves too, mm-hmm. I think there, there becomes this opportunity for real connection yes, and real change yeah. to happen. And again, for it to, to happen through the power of the cross, yeah, not through our own, like efforts. Absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, when we get down on that same level with our kids and let them know that, you know what, mom and dad need Jesus just as much as we're expressing to you that you need Jesus. <laughs> yes. And so a perfect example of that is a few nights ago, I got angry at Carter is the end of the night. We're trying to get him off to bed. And it's always kind of like, you know, this, uh, game that they play of how long can we delay the inevitable? <laughs> yeah. Every of night. going to bed, which is pretty much every night a struggle for us in our home. And, I hope that yes. you guys can relate and understand where we're coming from. <laughs> and every child of ours. And every child. And so I just got angry at Carter and responded in a way, really honestly reacted in a way that was reacting off emotion, right? A negative emotion. And, um, and did that uh, in such a way that felt convicted. Hmm. And so the next night sat down with him here in our family room and just was like, bud, um, I just need to be real with you. The way dad handled, um, you know, th- that whole situation the other night was just not good. And I'm sorry. And I'm asking for your forgiveness. And um, I love you, buddy. And he buried, buried his head in my chest and said, I love you too, dad. And so it was really cool. And, it, you know, that was hard for me <laughs> mm-hmm. to admit, you know, as a parent that I'm wrong and, and be like, oh, gosh, here, I got to, I got to, humble myself before my child, yeah. the child whom I'm supposed to be teaching and training in the ways of the Lord, I need to be trained and taught as well. Mm-hmm. And this is not something I ever graduate from or move on from or, or get over when it comes to the gospel and needing that and needing to, to actually practically live this out and not just teach it to my kids, but have to live it in front of them. And sometimes that is a very humbling and humiliating experience. Yeah but one that I'm so thankful for because Carter saw in his dad, one who is not perfect, 
um, but is willing to be perfected yeah. and willing to change. And if he sees I'm willing to change and be real with him, maybe someday he gets more real and willing to change as well mm-hmm. in the process mm-hmm. of seeing it. Yeah, yeah. We we certainly acknowledge and recognize that this isn't easy. Yeah. And that's often what keeps us from that um, is that we just, we know it's going to be painful and so we don't want right. to do it. But um, the the benefit, the blessing of obedience far outweighs absolutely the cost at I agree. the time i agree well we've unpacked a lot tonight yeah. and um i hope this has been a blessing for you hope that you're challenged in this um to not just be a hearer of the word tonight but a doer mm-hmm. and to put these uh things into practice in your own life whether it comes to your marriage or your kids or your friends whatever that looks like for you mm-hmm. we hope that you do it and discover the blessing that God has when in humbleness and humility we seek his face and and ask for his help. Yep. And by his grace, he can do wonderful things in and through us. Yeah, because real you know, in reality there's a freedom that comes in recognizing our inability mm-hmm. and in throwing ourselves on Christ and his ability. Right. Um, in all things. It really is such a life giving discipline if we will if we're willing to do it mm-hmm. if we're willing to to trust him um he can do anything that's right and i love the the picture of um john 15 5 um that says i am the vine and you are the branches whoever abides in me and i in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing that's right so you know, it's our job is to be connected to him, mm-hmm. to rest, to be nourished in him, rooted and grounded in him, and then he will do the work. That's right. And the work is is um we can trust him to be the great vine dresser. Yeah. And even as he prunes us, which is painful, <laughs> we know that he's always pruning for our good and to bring glory to That's his right. name. That's right. So um it's not just, you know, he doesn't just want us broken for the the sake of crushing us. Right. But he wants to, to create newness in us. That's right. He wants us to make us more like Jesus. Absolutely. So and let's let's pray for everybody in yeah. light of that. I think it's a great uh segue to, to end on. And uh if you're listening, um we we're with you in this. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're in the battle with you when it comes to this. We don't stand apart and say, hey, this is how you should live live your life. We are struggling and striving uh, right with you. Yep. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much um, for your grace upon our lives through Jesus Christ. Help us to continually be real with you, not to hide our sin and, and, and to cower in dark places, but to come and drag those things into the light. Mm-hmm. That we would draw a circle around ourselves and say, God, deal with the person in the circle. And uh, in our brokenness and recognizing our need for you, there can be a breakthrough. Uh, And so, Father, would you do a breakthrough in people's lives as they come before you humbly and seeking your face and turning from their evil ways and um, and realizing that you want to do a great work in and through them Mm -hmm. for your glory and for our good, that your name might be exalted and that we might see in the process uh, individual lives restored, but also marriages restored, parenting situations and the parent-child relationship restored, friendships restored. Because that's what you're in the business of doing. 
And so, God, do a great work in all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, friends, for listening. And as Travis said, we hope that this encourages you. And we do want you to know that we are with you. We are struggling (laughs) right alongside you. And that we're here for you. So we hope that you have a blessed day and a blessed week. And we will be with you again next time. And we have a wrap on another episode of the Family Huddle Podcast. As Travis and Stephanie have already expressed, thank you so much for spending time with us. Uh, We really do appreciate it. Um, And we hope that ultimately you're spending time with us each week because you find this helpful, encouraging, challenging, beneficial. Um, If you need anything, feel free to reach out to us. um, And as I've mentioned many times, um, it really does help us out if you take the time to subscribe when our new episodes come out um, on whatever your favorite podcast platform is that you listen to us, as well as if you can hop on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Um, That all makes it easier for other people that are looking um, to find us. And so again, thank you. Yeah, hopefully you are willing to take up that challenge that Travis and Stephanie laid down and do let us know how it goes. Um, Yeah, we do. We want to hear from you via social media, send us an email. Um, Yeah, we're just excited to continue to journey with you and we will see you next week.